Welcome to the first episode of Everything Else, the new entertainment series where we take the most obvious topics and throw them out the window to discuss everything else. To do this, each episode will start off by introducing a list of three banned topics we aren't allowed to discuss. For the first episode, we brought on Boston radio legend Romero. You know he's been in the scene for decades, but you probably don't know or what movies make him cry or about the time R. Kelly threw a table at him. I know you want to hear about it. Let's get it started. What's going in today, man? Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be the first person on everything else. I told you the premise. It's called Everything Else, and each episode has three band topics. So we try to do it the things that you're probably asked about the most. Yeah. So topic number one is going to be your morning show. You okay. Take that off the list. Topic two is going to be music. You play okay. music every day. I figure you get a lot of those questions. Okay. Then topic three is physical fitness. You know, you got two black belts. You run triathlons, marathons. Yeah. You get asked about that stuff a lot too. That's all I got. I got, <laughs> I got nothing else to talk about. No, I'm only kidding. So. This kind of breaks the first rule already, but, you know, you've been in the market for a long time. You've been interviewing people for a long time. What advice do you have? Like, uh, what makes for a good interview, you know? What makes for a good interview? Yeah, I would say um, to be able to listen to the person you're interviewing. I think sometimes people will ask a question. They, they you know, I'm going to interview you. I get a bunch of facts on you. And I'm so focused on the questions that I'll ask you, Ray, uh, Tell me about your family. And you're like, oh, you know, I'm married. I have a couple kids or whatever. You know, uh, one of my kids is a freaking, is a, is a prodigy. He's a, he's a piano prodigy. And I'm like, that's great. Now let's move on to your job. You're like, I'm not listening. Like, as opposed, yeah. as opposed to following up on that, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just concerned about the list of questions on my list. So I, the way I do it, and I don't recommend it for everybody, but mm -hmm. I get a very general list of, of things about the person and then try and start a conversation with them. And that, that doesn't work with everybody because some people are just so, um, try not to swear. Some people, <laughs> some people are boring and, and, and they're just going through the motion. So mm -hmm. sometimes trying to get, get them out of that mode is difficult, but I like to get them into the mode where they think that, um, where they, where they're not sure if we're on the air or not, yeah. I guess. So it's kind of just real life. Like if I'm talking to someone, I notice they're thinking about just the next thing they want to say. It drives me nuts. <laughs> so it's like yeah. on or off the microphone. Exactly. Flies, right? Mm -hmm. All right. What are some definite things that will destroy an interview? Uh, definite things that will destroy an interview. I've done. I've destroyed many interviews. Let me see. <laughs> I would say going in right away with everybody has a uh, a uh, topic, something that they're not super comfortable talking. They they mm -hmm. could want to talk about event you know but they're not super comfortable talking about it from the jump and yeah. and i wouldn't hit them with that right away you almost got, want to get them comfortable um talking to you and then it's easier to ease into those questions as opposed to being like hey, i heard you cheated on your wife <laughs> yeah. you know i talk swinging yeah i yeah. talked to um remember wilver wilmer valderrama i know yeah. it's gonna be yeah, yeah. very random but the reason i remember this is because we talked to him one time and it was around the time like this guy um he 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 was enjoying Hollywood. The uh, he was enjoying the women in Hollywood. There were there was a little span where Wil Wilmer Valderrama was the guy. Like that. he was like with all like the the big women in Hollywood. So we interviewed him, and I was talking to him about I forget what I, I was talking about a bunch of stuff, but not that because everybody was asking him about like I forget who it was Lindsay Lohan whoever it was that he was with. Yeah. So he's get he he was just getting hit with that all the time. So we're just hitting you know just talking about all random stuff and different things. And then I you know I joked them and I said you know like Hollywood is like high school and you're like 
the captain of the football team right now. <laughs> you know, with all the yeah. all the girls want to date you and stuff like that. And, and he started talking about it. And then I remember after the interview ended, he was like, excuse me, guys, one, one second before I say goodbye. I just want to say thank you for the way that you interviewed me. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he goes, yeah. Yeah, I normally don't like talking about those things. But, you know, you, you, you didn't just come at me accusatory and this and that. And so that always stuck with me. Have you ever had a situation where, I'm trying to think how to say it, like, all right, so behind the scenes before the interview, you and someone just didn't like each other or butted heads. It was awkward. And then you had to go on air and play it totally cool. Like, it wasn't weird. Um, I've had the first part, but going on the air and playing it totally cool. I'm trying to think if that happened. Because there was a, a lot of people that would come in and just the vibe. I don't like when someone thinks like, I'm like, you're doing music or you're doing a movie. You're not curing cancer, you know? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes they come in with that attitude. And I, again, I try and bring them down to earth. And they kind of try and talk um, above you, I guess. Mm. And there's been times I've had some kind of confrontations a little bit yeah. just because it, I'm like, look, I don't care who you are. I mean, if you're being an idiot, you're being an idiot. Mm. So Mike Epps, the comedian, was was one guy who that happened with where he came in and he was so freaking boring. He was so <laughs> boring. He yeah. he was in there. He just, he had literally had shades on in the studio, mm. sitting back like off the microphone. It would be like me over here just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to be at whatever tonight. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, dude, can you talk into the mic? And he was just, like, ignoring me. You think he'd be, like, colorful and fun to yeah. listen to, you know? Well, you're a comedian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I finally kind of told him that he was boring. <laughs> and he didn't believe me, so I just started putting random listeners on who were like, this guy sucks. Get him off the air, whatever. While he was there? While he was there. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Because at this point, I was just, like, annoyed. Yeah. And, you know, so he started accusing me. He goes, you're planting them. I'm like, I'm planting them. Look, I'll just pick up random lines. And they're like, this guy's terrible. Yeah. So when he challenged me to a fight in the parking lot. Um, but but a couple of weeks later, he did call back and apologize and said that he was going through a lot of personal stuff at that time in his life. <laughs> okay. so, so we're cool now. <laughs> did he ever return? Yeah, we've talked to him since. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, it, like, again, after that, I'm, I'm cool. Was it a better interview after that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we've had yeah, a lot yeah. better. That one was terrible. That was probably the worst <laughs> one. Oh, and R. Kelly threw a table at me one time. I forgot about that. Are you serious? In this the studio? Was, this was in Vegas. Um, and that's actually not the worst thing he's done, as far as we know. <laughs> well, th no, so this is a funny thing. So this is like in the 90s when none of this stuff was out. It was before, like, the, the videotape where he, you know, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, so it was the the big thing was that he was um there was a rumor that he married Aaliyah and they got the marriage annulled and Aaliyah was a teenager at the time and stuff. Yeah. So I asked him about that. This is back when um I didn't exactly know how to ease into a conversation. I kind of <laughs> just like went in. I was very young. So I asked him about that and he got upset and why are you asking me about that? Why and I said, "All right, fine. You don't have to answer it." And why don't you ask me about this? Why don't you ask me about my charity work or whatever? And I said, all right, fine. Tell me about your charity work. Now, at this yeah. point, I was kind of getting a little bit back and forth with him. And he's like, I don't have time for this. So he took the table. It was like a big conference because we were in Las Vegas. And it was a uh, – they call them kind of like uh, junkets where it's like yeah. the, the celebrity walks into a room. There's a million radio stations. And they just go table to table to table. And every time someone does that, I always try and hit them with kind of like what you're doing, like something different as mm -hmm. opposed to the – because they kind of go through the motions where they're like, all right, I'm going to go to table six now. And they're going to ask me the same crap. And I'm yeah. going to say answer. So I want to ask them something different. So anyway, so he picks up the table, throws it like flips it over and it was myself <laughs> and the engineer on one side and we just like threw ourselves back all the equipment goes flying so then 
everybody so at the time he was on the same record label as or the management whatever it was as britney spears who was like the brand new hot artist yeah this shows you by the way how far back this i'm talking about this is like literally the 90s um and so he storms out we were probably his second or third table so now all the radio and people in there are mad at me then the management company said well we're not going to bring britney spears in so now everybody's mad at me. They're blaming you. And they were blaming me. And they were like, and this is when I'm first starting in radio. And they were like, why'd you do that? And I go, because I don't want to be like you idiot. So I'm like sitting there <laughs> arguing with the radio people that I don't even know. But uh, yeah, so R. Kelly. But but unlike Mike Epps, since that day, I used to always, and this is when R. Kelly was in the height, I believe I could fly out. And I was like, R. Kelly's an idiot. He's, I don't like him. He's a jerk. I don't care. He makes good music, but he's a jerk in life. So when all the stuff started coming about him, yeah, coming you. out about him, I was like, <laughs> told you guys. Yeah. Told you guys. Redemption. Like <laughs> yeah. You ever, you ever bring that back up on air and tell people? All the time. All the time. <laughs> to this day, right? 20 years later, I'm still bringing it up. That's fantastic. I'm into the UFC. I saw that you were a ring guy back way before they blow up. Are you like a, you did ring announcer gigs here and there for them? I did two uh, two of their pay per views. <laughs> oh, pay per views? Yeah, that's crazy. This is when they were like starting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Dana White's like from here. He's from he's from Southie originally. Yeah, I think uh, Whitey Belger kind of chased him out more. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's, that's the story. That's the story. But he came and it was when they first bought the UFC. Which, by the way, they bought it for like I think. A million or two, That's and now crazy. it's worth billions. Yeah. It's insane. It's wild. But so he was coming in trying to, you know, promote it and stuff like that. And, and at the station I was working at, at the time, he came in, and I was I've always been a martial arts, you know, fan. So um, it, we just started talking, and he was like, "Do you want to come be a ring announcer?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I do!" That's crazy. So I went, and you know, I did. Uh, I did it twice. This is like one was at Mohegan, one was at Foxwood. This shows you how long ago it was, yeah. because now they're doing the Garden. They're, oh, yeah. they're touring everywhere. But um, yeah, I'm on two pay-per-view uh, DVDs out there somewhere. <laughs> That's wild. So have you ever had stuff like that? Maybe people don't know about it, where your career indirectly led to something cool like that, like cool experiences. Um, I think. That's all. I, I have the most. I was saying this to my wife the other day when um I've had like the coolest random things that you don't put on a bucket list happen to me in my career. Yeah. But nothing that's like bucket list worthy. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the UFC thing. That's cool. The the you know um you know I've done a lot of things with like celebrities. I did uh I did a uh, you know a lot of stuff with the WWE and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And because um John Cena is like from the area. Yeah. You know, he would he brought me on on like a Monday Night Raw one time. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, yeah, it's all dope. cool little random stuff. Yeah, but it's nothing that you would be like. Like most people would be like, "I want to be John Cena." I'm like, <laughs> "I was in the ring with John Cena." <laughs> yeah, so. I want to be the UFC champion. I'm like, I got to announce it, a fight. So, so you have like a remix version of people's bucket list. Like, yeah, I got like a. Uh, it's like you know, like there's Ryan Seacrest, and then like Ryan Seacrest's career hit with a shrink ray. That's me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you do this all the time. You used to talking to celebrities. Have you ever had an instance where you just starstruck, like nervous, like fanboying up? <laughs> Only because it's my childhood. Sylvester Stallone, Hulk Hogan, and Jackie Chan. <laughs> That's literally it. That's amazing. Just because I, you know, when I grow up, I wanted to be like Bruce Lee. I love, I used to love the Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan movies. And Hulk Hogan was like the guy who slammed Andre the Giant mm-hmm. when I was like 10. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he beat him. And Sylvester Stallone, he's freaking Rocky. Yeah. Other than that, they're the only guys that I was like, oh, man, I got to shake your hand. You're yeah. cool. Did they Every- beat the hype? Were they cool? They were all cool. All yeah, they were awesome. all cool. 
everybody else I've never been people that I've seen like um people be excited for I'm always like eh eh <laughs> but I but I think the connection is like the childhood thing yeah you know also those guys are like they're not caught up in a fad where they're really cool right now those guys are legends and that's yeah, it you know that, what I mean? that's so exactly it that's a big part of it too yeah you've been in this so long I'm guessing it's before you had a kid at all uh, when you started in radio before I had kids, yeah, so, I started on radio. Uh, obviously, that brings challenges. Like, you're a hardworking guy. How does that affect your career in a way that's challenging? But also, to follow that up, how has having a family, like, improved your career and your drive, I guess? Um, well, it gets, well, I got five kids. Oh, you have five? <laughs> I have five. Oh. Dude. Okay, here's something we could talk about. Good thing family's not on the band list. Otherwise, it'd be boring. <laughs> so, I have my son is, uh, he's going to be 21 in December. Okay. That's my oldest. I have a daughter who just turned 15 in October. I have another daughter who's going to be 13 in uh, December. And then I have a two-year-old daughter. And then I have a seven-month-old son. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So my son was from a girlfriend. <laughs> then I got married and I had my two daughters. Then I got divorced. Then I got remarried. <laughs> and I got the last two. Okay. So I got him, and yeah. I'm telling, you know, my son don't get anybody pregnant, and then I'm trying to, like, potty train the other one, <laughs> poop in the potty, come You're on. every conversation possible. Every conversation possible. <laughs> like, my daughters are teenagers. But, um, no, I, I think it, it balances you out because you need, um, I don't know, you, you need someone to go home to and, like, vent to and, 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 and things like that. I think a lot of times people, they build up, stuff in there put it this way i'll tell you a story so when i when i first got divorced um at the time i was on i was on jamming mm -hmm. and it was a new morning show it was myself and uh pebbles got let go most got let go who i'm with right now um and i was on with santi and ashley who were and so it was like me and brand new people and i remember saying to them i said guys if i start coming in here and saying weird things you got to let me know i said what do you mean if I, we start you start saying weird things i'm like listen I'm alone now. I'm going home. I'm alone. I go, when you're alone, you have a random thought, mm -hmm. and it starts just building in your head. And because you're not letting it out and venting it to someone, you almost, like, start believing nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to come in here and start saying weird things because I'm alone and not having anybody to, like, vent to and say, that's a stupid thing you're saying or whatever. So, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, like, I'll go home. My wife will just ask me, oh, how was your day? And... That's a huge thing because I'll be like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened. And I might vent to her something like that kind of annoyed me. Yeah. But just getting it out there is just like, all right, cool. It's done. So uh, I'll ask you some random questions. Like, let's say radio, TV, and the internet don't exist. Yeah. What would you be doing for a living? What do you think? <laughs> radio, TV, and don't exist. Oh, God. I don't even know. I'd probably <laughs> be like... Uh, working in a factory somewhere. I don't have any <laughs> skill. I really don't. I yeah. don't. I, I look, you know, I'll see some people and I'm like, wow, that guy, like, I get impressed when somebody can fix things or, or like my wife's, uh, my wife's dad, he's my, and my own dad, they're super handy and, and they'll do stuff. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I had skills like that. So I have no skills in that nature. Mm. You know, <laughs> people who are musically inclined, I have no skills in that. Like, <laughs> I can't, I'm, I don't, I'm just waiting for someone to be like, what are, you, what are you good at? And I'll be like, ah, telling stupid jokes between songs. I don't know. I, I haven't figured it out. Uh, yeah, I have no skills. Well, you just can talk to people. I guess. <laughs> I guess. All right, so hypothetically, next time you're in front of a microphone doing a broadcast, somehow you find out the entire world's population is listening for 30 seconds. Yes. What would you try to talk about? Oh, <laughs> damn, that's a good question. 
Um, what would I if the entire population of the world is listening? Oh, see, then I would get. So I have this stupid thing that I do. It's so stupid. I have a. I kind of send out a motivational quote every morning <laughs> to a list of people, okay. like my family, um, you know, a list of, of friends. But I never tell anybody. And if some, if I mention it, and someone goes, "Oh, put me on that list," I'll put them on. Mm-hmm. But I would, and the and the reason I do it is because I'm like, every now and then, one of those people. It's probably I don't even know, 15 people on the list or something. But I'll send it out every morning. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Every now and then, just someone randomly will get back at me and go. Oh, I needed that today. That's really, I'm going through something that, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, good, good. I feel like I helped someone. So it would probably be drop a stupid keep moving forward or one of those. Or if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. One of those type of quotes. But they're all true. Yeah. It's just saying it makes you sound like an idiot. Well, well if the whole world was listening and you did something like that, you'd have to think it would help bury a ton of people, right? I mean, I, yeah, unless they think I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> there are some people that you say those things to and they're like, okay, yeah, what about this? And I'm like, all right, well, listen, I don't know what you want me to tell you. You're beyond help. You're a negative. Yeah, they're probably not happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I'm like, some people, I, I believe that some people like misery. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think some yeah. people like having drama in their life just so they can have something to complain about so they can make an excuse as to why they're not doing the thing that they've always wanted to do. We all know those people. It's like they need their own reality show with the drama, all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? They need it because if they're on their own, it's the victim. I call it the victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes everyone. It's, it's easy to say. It's e- See, I have a lot of random sayings. The victim mentality is easy to be, me to be, for me to say, oh, I would, uh, I would have done this if it wasn't for freaking Ray always trying to hold me down. Ray doesn't like me. That's why. As opposed to what I call the mirror test, another Ramiro saying, (laughs) where no matter what happens, and I'm telling you this works for 99.9999999999999% of situations where something will happen and you can look in the mirror and say, okay, what could I have done differently? to prevent that or to cause a different outcome or whatever. I'm not saying that crap doesn't happen in people's lives, but you could probably look in the mirror for most things Mm -hmm. and say, all right, well, once you get the emotional, what was me crap out of the way, you could be like, well, okay, well, what did I, what could, how could I approach it differently? So I wouldn't have, I don't know, whatever gotten yelled at by my boss or I wouldn't have gotten dumped by my girlfriend or Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have, blown 20 grand on coke whatever it is <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> whatever your situation might be a lot of people don't want to hear that though and i think well it is because that requires effort and like it's mm-hmm. easier to blame people and be like all right i gotta take this step i gotta take this responsibility i gotta make these changes that's work you know and a lot of people don't want more work they just want to blame people and yeah drag their feet through life you know well people want to we're in a weird age when nobody wants to like they feel it's wrong to, I don't want to say talk down to yourself, mm-hmm. but it's okay to say, hey, you know what? I got to get smarter at this. Yeah. Saying I'm dumb in this and I need to get smarter, somewhere along the line, people are like, no, don't call yourself stupid. You're smart. No, there are some things you don't know about you need to get better at. Yeah. You need to think about it as, as an athlete. If you're, you know, if you're a basketball player and your outside shot sucks, you're going to tell yourself, all right, my own shot sucks. I need to work on that in order to be a better player. You're not going to say, no, I'm great. That's just, I'm giving all my effort, even though I never make an outside shot. I shouldn't try harder. No, you tell yourself the things you need to work. Be honest with yourself, whether it's 
hey, look, you know what? I got some poundage to lose. Look at me. I look awful. You know, th- yeah. it's, it's, it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people right now, they're in a weird stage where everybody is like almost, I don't want to say too nice, but we're all too nice to each other. <laughs> it's a little soft out there. It, it, we're very <laughs> soft out there. I, you know, I, I like I have certain friends, and the, and here's the thing: it's like everybody's an individual, right? Mm-hmm. So I know, you know, you and I become close friends. I'm not gonna talk to you the same way I talk to another close friend of mine. I'll be like, all right, Ray, you know, maybe he's a little less sensitive, so I can be a little more um, straightforward with him, yeah. or maybe you're a little more sensitive, so I have to like ease into whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm not gonna, but that's. That's life. Everybody's an individual. And sometimes, ev- and everybody is um, motivated differently. Some people are motivated a little more. I'm going to go back to sports. Some players are motivated by saying, hey, man, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. Other players are motivated by like, hey, you drop another pass, we're going to cut you. Yeah. You figure out what, what, you know, what your thing is, what your friend's thing are, and, and you go from there. Do you have any movies that you might be a little bit embarrassed to admit that you really like? Maybe when the curtain's closed, no one knows about this? Uh, movie, I would say more movie scenes, the movie scenes that make me cry. I have this, I'm a, I have this, the theme for all of them it, it seems to be always like disappointing your children or like being like, was I good enough? So. Well, besides the Notebook, the Notebook that one I'm just a sap. The, <laughs> but but everybody loves the. You seen the Notebook, the movie with the old people? I actually, and, haven't yet. You haven't? No, haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I, know, I haven't yet. I know it's the like Ryan Gosling one, right? Yeah, dude, you gotta. I didn't want to ruin it for you. Well, I'm gonna ruin it for you. you so okay, the, it's it's. You can't spoil a movie. It's over ten years old. <laughs> okay, so old couple lady has dementia. She yeah she so she has dementia. The old guy loves her so much, moves into the nursing home with her, and she has this book when she started losing, you know, started forgetting things. She started writing down the story of their life. God, I feel like I'm going to cry telling this. <laughs> I'm going to pause right now. Oh, um, she starts writing down the story of life, and she says, um, read this to me, and I'll come back to you. So he literally just spends his day at the nursing home with her, reading the story of, the li- of their life, mm-hmm. and eventually, like every now and then, she just comes back and remembers for like a quick, for a short amount of time. And then it, 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 so that's them as old people. And then it always cuts, whenever he's telling a story, cut, cuts to Ryan Gosling and uh, Rachel uh, McAdam as young people. I don't care about the young people part. I, for me, it's all about the old people. And there's one scene in particular where she, it's when she remembers. So he's reading her all this stuff. And then she looks at him and goes, it was you. It was you. <laughs> and they hug. And she goes, how long do I have? And he goes, last time you only had five minutes. Whenever he says that part right there, I lose it. I'm like, this guy loves that freaking old lady so much that he, like, literally left. Because he's fine. Mm -hmm. He, like, left his kids, everything. He's like, I'm just going to move in so I can bring her back to me for a few minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So that scene makes me cry because I'm a wimp. Um, Okay, we're going to test your movie knowledge now. Armageddon? Uh, I saw that when it came out, not since. Okay. So. so there's a scene where Bruce Willis, when he finally is like, okay, I'm going to go and blow up this meteor that's about to come into yeah, the earth. Part, yeah. And his daughter's Liv Tyler. Says goodbye to her, more or less. Yes. Yeah. When he yeah. says to her, he says, uh, I'm not going to be able because he promised her he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And then he, when he's connected to her and he's in space and she's on earth and he goes, I'm not going to be able to keep my promise. Boom. That one gets me. Saving Private. If you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, I'm getting up and walking out right now. Saving Private Ryan. No, Saving Private. That is maybe my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. The scene where Matt Damon, as an old man, 
He's at the at the uh, cemetery, and the, his wife comes up to him, and he looks at her and goes, "Tell me I was a good man. Tell me I lived a good life." Like he's like, "Tell me I th- that it was all all these guys died for a reason." That scene gets me. And then Guardians of the Galaxy because have you seen that one? I've seen that. Yeah. Okay, the scene where uh, he he's in there with his mom, and when in the beginning beginning, like he's a little kid, Peter Quill, and his mother's dying of cancer. And he kind of runs out on her and stuff. That scene gets me. What about Endgame? Did that get you? The end of that? That one didn't get me because I knew someone was going to die. I, I, yeah. You needed someone to die. You needed, I thought it was going to be Captain America, but it made sense that it was Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, like maybe, eh. When she said it's, it's okay to go or something like that, Gwyneth Paltrow to him, that, no, I didn't cry. Actually, no. <laughs> I was like, that's good. That's a good ending. All right, so let's just say the headline comes out. After this, Romero's arrested. No details on why. What would your uh, best friends assume the reason was? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably. Let me see. Oh, okay, it depends what point in my life we're talking about. It could be... Uh, I, I would pr- probably... That is a great question. Um, maybe uh, something with fighting or... Something like that. I mean, there was a... Hey, no, you know what? Partying. Probably something... <laughs> a party got out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Probably in Las Vegas. <laughs> My wife to this day still, I'll tell her stories about times that I've hung out. She's like, I don't get it. How did, how did that happen? And I'm like, listen, if when you go to Vegas, you just remember, you're like, I was here. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know... I was here. I don't remember what happened in between, but I'm sure it was fun. Yep. That, that's, yeah. It's like strobe light vision. You get glimpses. Yeah, it's happened. like you get glimpses. Yeah. Then you go home and go, ah, it rained the whole time. It was boring. <laughs> Worst time ever. Yeah. So, uh, all right, you're a connected guy. What happened to Jeffrey Epstein? He was killed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Everybody knows that. He okay. was 100% killed. You're telling me, man. All of us, no, he was killed. He was killed. There was so many people that, oh, my God, are you kidding me? He was connected to all these, like, big, huge, you know, powerful people. Mm -hmm. And he didn't seem like the most reliable, don't worry, guys, I won't rat you out type of guy. You know what I mean? So they were probably like, yo, we got to get this dude killed. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you have a lot of money. Easy to make things happen. So you obviously know the term "fake it till you make it." Yep. Was there ever an instance of you faking it and successfully making it as a result? Um, probably. Oh God, yeah. I mean, actually, when I started in radio, I used to. Uh, this shows how far, uh, 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 you know, how how long ago it was. But um, I when I was an intern, um. I was interning um, for this, for Ralphie Marino. That's that's what I was in. He was doing nights at Jammin' at the time. And for him, it was getting someone to do his work. For me, it was learning to get better to learn more stuff. So the uh, back in these days, like the, uh, the on-air personalities had to do production. Like they had to do, you know, produce their own commercials, all that stuff. Voice it, put it together, all those things. Um. And he said to me, he's like, ah, go do my production or whatever. Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, all right, go ahead. So now I'm in the studio, the next studio, but it's facing him. So it's like you and I looking at each other with a, with a window in between us. 
and I'm sitting in front of the little production machine that I've never seen before in my life. And I'm looking down at it, and I'm like, how the hell do I work this thing? <laughs> and I'm kind of like just hitting buttons, seeing what happens, and looking confused. And then I'd look up, and if he, he was looking in my direction, I would look real, I would like sit back real confident, <laughs> yeah, like I, I knew what it. I was doing. Yeah. And then the second that he turned away, I'd be that back down going like, okay, how the hell do I do this? But <laughs> I figured out how to do that on my own. So I started doing his stuff, which mm -hmm. he loved because it was less work for him, but it yeah. was me learning how to do stuff, which eventually one of the first positions I got when I was on air was doing production work. They, they created the assistant production director um, position for me. And yeah, that was just me faking it. Cause I had, I don't know what the hell I was like, this play, uh, re this is how you do this. And it worked. Well, you can only learn so much in school. If you can't adapt like you did in that situation, you're kind of screwed anyway. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, I believe in the say yes to stuff, and it's when you get put in a position, you sink or swim, and either way you're learning. Yeah. You know, like I don't think, I mean, maybe there is, but there's not really anything out there where you're going to fail, and it's like that was your one, ch you'll never, that's it. For, your life is screwed mm -hmm. because you failed it. Unless like someone's like, "Hey, Ray, can you send this rocket into space?" And you're like, "Sure." And then the <laughs> rocket explodes. Yeah. They're like, "All right, yeah. well, you'll never have a career at NASA." But I mean, other than that, you know, it's you didn't do it right. You're like, "Okay, well now, I got to get better at this." So except every challenge doesn't have lives at stake, basically. <laughs> you know, it depends <laughs> whose lives are at stake. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I say do it. It's a loaded question, I guess. So with everything you've accomplished uh, in the next 10 years, is there any big goal on your head or next step you want to take? Or um, I would like to – I'm always looking to kind of uh, create more of a brand for myself. Um, so do you ever listen to Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, yeah I, I love it. He awesome. is number one. I, I want to do something – like of that nature, mm -hmm. you know, where um, it could be more free form talking, kind of like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Having guests come in and, um, you know, I still, no matter what I do, the radio is my number one, but something kind of building off of that for my own, just because it's, that's, that's the direction we're going with, with everything, you know? Yeah. No restraints and commercials and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's Cause I think, it, you, oh my God, doing radio like that, it's, sucks because you want to get into a conversation but it's like all right well we only got four minutes to talk or whatever mm -hmm. and and the person that you're talking to kind of gets that so they're not getting in the mode of getting comfortable so and people's attention span for radio the way i do it i get it because people's attention spans are super short and they like flip 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 but um as far as podcasts and things like that it's like they'll stick with you it's people are proving it you know so i think that would be the next step but i also want to do it in a unique way like this so you know what i mean like you came up with a very unique idea mm -hmm. in that way where i think for myself is like i like to i'm curious but i like to have fun it's a combo of everything where sometimes all those things with just being on there yeah with typical stereo studio radio it's always the same questions oh man here we go like who you dating now who do you think you sound like no breakfast club man i'll turn you into a soundbite thank you for listening to the first episode of everything else it was definitely great talking to romero uh larry you're the producer i mean 
I don't know. I think the conversation was great. I think I did a good job of skipping the band topics I couldn't discuss. What do you think? Yeah, I have notation of 12 times you brought up band topics, right? Oh, well, uh, we'll give it another shot next week. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Uh, give us a good review and stay tuned as we have plenty of good guests coming up soon. Big thank you to Romero and to Johnny for producing, writing, and performing the theme song. We'll see you soon. Peace.